Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this bicentennial episode, we are going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, or sometimes part of a day, at a time, until the end of time. <laughs> That's right, James. And today we are going to be talking about a rather lengthy chunk of time from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 5. Uh, so yes. we're going to be starting in that episode, and you're going to start at 24 minutes and 18 seconds, and you're going to go until the end of the sode, as we say in the biz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's just talk about what happens. Uh, yeah. Here is what happens in this uh, quote scene, this clip. Yo-Yo is reaching for a screen when the Zephyr suddenly stops shaking, and she freezes. Coulson appears. You tried. There's nothing else you could have done. How far did we jump? Colson shakes his head unknowingly. Cut to the bicentennial flag, July 4th, 1976. General Rick Stoner salutes folks in a hallway, wishing them a happy 200th, happy bicentennial, and a classic God bless America. Hmm. Project Insight is ready to launch. Back on the Zephyr, everyone is madly trying to figure out when and where they are. Gemma finds Enoch and tells him that she feels like she's beginning to slip. She's forgetting and a lot. Enoch comforts her and makes sure that she keeps this between the two of them. Sousa barges in and demands an explanation. Tensions run high as the it's complicated and we're trying to figure it out come out, but it's not good enough for Sousa, who claims that they're playing with matches and burning down the house. Very strong demands for a man who's barely been on the plane, by the way. Um, <laughs> he wants more answers as he's been pulled from his life for this, but Deke, who has intervened, reminds him that they all were. This line does hit Sousa hard enough for him to calm down. Well, at least slow down. Yeah. Mac lays out the plan for postponing Project Insight. Daisy will hack the security feeds to make sure that they can evacuate everyone that they see. Sousa will tag along and Coulson and May will flood the base so that they can postpone the launch. Deacon Yo-Yo ask about Malik as he will continue to make waves. Mac tells them about his estate in River's End. So Deacon Yo-Yo take the Quinjet with orders to bring him in. Luke approaches Malik at River's End, by the way, and they talk about how Malik didn't do what they predicted or wanted the last time that they met, having purposefully let everything go for the life of one person, his son. But Luke isn't mad. In fact, they've adapted. He knows that S.H.I.E.L.D. will be there, and when they arrive, Malik will have leverage. He looks at that intel and asks why they aren't just put on the insight list. But Luke tells him that this is a message and they want him to send it, so that they reveal their location. Malik agrees. Susa watches over Daisy as she attempts to hack the base. She explains her powers a little bit to him, much to his surprise. And he claims that this may be his last stop, which she effectively glances over. She tells him it'll be fine, that she'll be in soon, that they're more advanced, that, sorry, that this system is just more advanced than she expected. Her, he comments that maybe it's her small computer, thinking, well, I think you need a bigger computer. So she teaches him a little bit about modern day tech. Again, taking a precious moment away from their mission <laughs> uh, as she shows him how to take a picture on her iPhone and it blows his mind. He laments at a lot that he's lost. He wishes he had had some time to just say a few goodbyes, but does seem like he's finally okay with being where he is. 
Colson and May make their way into the base just as Nathaniel Mallet comes around the corner and blasts Daisy and Sousa, knocking them out. Uh, Nathaniel Malik may be my least favorite villain we've ever had in terms of like, he just, he just aggravates me in such a unique yeah. way. Yeah. Um, okay. The team grows nervous. I mean, he's a good villain to be clear, but like he just, he, he, we'll come back to it some other time. Yeah. Uh, the team grows nervous as Colson and May continue, cannot continue forward and they've lost their friend's signal. Meanwhile, Deke and Yo-Yo enter Malik's residence. Deke has a gun on him, but that doesn't really stop him because they think that they have the upper hand, but Malik just continues to not freeze, even though there's a gun on him. He's like, oh, <laughs> you won't shoot me kind of kind of situation. He's moving around the room freely, moving his arms, right. flailing, right? They don't know what they're up against. Meanwhile, they think they're shutting the whole thing down. Agent McBride, Agent May, knocks out Stoner as Coulson tries to plead with him to stop the launch. They steal his key card and get back to work. Malik, back at his house, gives them this great big speech about how they're powerless, how the Chronicoms think that they're gaining, let them think rather that they're gaining ground, but they're actually 10 steps ahead of them at all times, and that they, bam, Deke shoots them. Bet they didn't see that coming. Yo-Yo questions him. They were supposed to bring him in alive. Right. He claims it's the status quo. He was supposed to be dead, and now he's dead. But she opens the envelope and tells him, no, that's not what's happened. Mac is told that they're ready to blow the base, but when he finally gets a hold of the, the final views of the cameras, he sees on those cameras something that stops him in his tracks. It's his parents. Mac has them abort the mission, but Coulson and May are captured. Enoch, Gemma, and Mac arm the missiles of the Zephyr and go after Insight. They blow it up, but they give up their position. Finally, Nathaniel Malik is on a payphone as Sousa and Daisy lay knocked out in his van. He says to whoever's on the other side of the line that he's looking for a guy with white hair, round glasses. Total Mein Kampf vibe, he says. Daniel Whitehall, cell block D. He wants this person to go get his instructions, his detailed instructions on transferring powers from one person to another. And then he hangs up. Mm-hmm. That's to talk about James. Indeed, indeed. What are your thoughts? I mean, love, love, uh, Stoner. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, May and how she's starting to use her empathic ability. Like she basically used it as like a, a lie detector. He, uh, Coulson's like, I was getting through to him, and she's like, he felt differently. And like, I think that's, you know, that's what you want. You know, you want her to start being able to use her, her empathy to help as opposed to just weirding people out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that Deke shooting, uh, Malik was, uh, surprising. Like I, 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 I've seen this, you know, a number of times and I, I never remember that that's going to happen. So that's sort of ironic. But I think it's also ironic that like they've had this whole conversation between Daisy and Deke about like I'm not gonna shoot a kid. Right. But now he shoots the same person because now he's not a kid. He's done all this stuff and he's supposed to be dead and the Chronicoms have kept him alive. So it's like it's a whole different situation, even though it's the same act. It's also like even though it's only a couple of days, 
You can also tell how much Malik's actions have also worn Deke down, too. Yes. Because, like, Deke is not a killer. He's not that kind of guy. But, like, he's already right. been, like, brought in and questioned by him. He's been threatened. He's been, you know, all these things have happened. And, like, within that amount of time, whereas he went from being, like, I'm questioning this to, like, suddenly he's like, okay, you know what? Actually, I have switched my opinion. He is too dangerous. Like, fuck right. it. Um, like and also like, I think there's from some frustration of many other things as well growing there, but like yeah. he kind of lets his feelings get the better of him. It's not even that yeah. he actively thinks that like he needs to kill him. Even it's, I'm not saying that he gets enjoyment necessarily out of it, but like there's no remorse right. for this action. It's kind of like you know screw it, like you know we'll do it live kind of situation. Yeah. Even though he was specifically told what to do, he chose to not. I mean, that is true that like when he was when Daisy was like kill him, he's like no. When Max like bring him in, he's like no. <laughs> he's like I and, like to be a contrarian, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you are a contrarian. No, I'm not. Um, I hadn't put it together that we can actually measure the number of days it's been. This is the fifth day. Since they time traveled. Because we had two days in 31. Sorry. Te- I mean, technically three days in in 55, but like mostly two days in right. 55. And a couple hours. And then they had a couple of hours in 73. Mm-hmm. And now they're in 76. So it's like, you know, the middle of the fifth day since it's been less than a week since he right. didn't kill kid Malik. But it's also been like nonstop. It's like, go, 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 yeah. go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, genuinely, there's very rare moments where you see them resting, too, which I think also wears people down. I mean, like... Yeah, for sure. I can only count on one hand, I think, times where I've seen people resting in this show so far. And a lot of it has been May in a pod. You know what I mean? So it's like... They're all in pods. Or like recharging stations or whatever. Or Like, like... I don't know if it's in this episode yet. So like I have to, because again, we're recording some things sort of out of order. So I have to remind myself, but like occasionally you might find someone like in their chair passed out, you know, but like also how long are they out for? You know, is it a full night's worth of rest or is it like an hour? Is it like a power? How good can that sleep be? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I also think that's one of the reasons why like, you know, someone like Sousa, for example, is also at ends. Like, he may have gotten a little bit more sleep than the others, but like he's also been yanked out of his time in a much more drastic way. Like they kind of knew what they were sort of getting into to some extent when this happened. He didn't, he just sort of was pulled into it. And also, but like now he's also running off no sleep. I mean, he's also, he's known them for a weekend. Right. That's yeah. That's also true. He's also technically been like, you know, put in jail kind of by one of them for a brief amount of time, got punched by one. It's like, but also, you know, he's also a guy who's like also really struggling to keep up as well because you know he's still injured he's still a handicapped guy and like they are running everywhere and they're moving quickly and he's you know forcing himself to move probably faster than he ever had to with even agent carter you know and he's really pushing his body to his limits and then not resting and you know again everything is so foreign everything is way more advanced than he's ever experienced you know even the most like, impressive thing from Samberly is not this, you know? Right. He's eight years older than we saw him in uh, Agent Carter. Yeah. And and at, at the time where he is in his life, sort of like 
he's at an age where he's gonna be slowing down anyway, like thirty, you know, thirties, forties. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's. I did the math on we, this once. Sorry, I keep talking. I just I want to look it up again real quick. Um, it's um maybe he's I mean maybe he's late thirties. I don't know. Um, I believe he's late thirties. I want to. So he was born in nineteen nineteen. Okay, so in forty seven so, he was twenty eight. Thirty no twenty eight. 1919. So he was 36 when they pulled him out of the time stream in 55. Right. right. So 36. And that's, I mean, like, that's nuts to me, right? Because, like, you know, he's not, again, things like war and stuff like that age you. You know what I mean? Because you can see that on, like, you can tell he's young, like, yeah. or the younger, but, like, he's not, like, old necessarily, but he has some age to him. And again, that's yeah. what I think, like, things like war and, the high stress and all these other things does to a guy, you know. Yeah, it puts a yeah. little puts a little salt in that pepper. You know what I mean? Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, and so you know, again, he's not even that much older than someone like Daisy, you know. But right. like, it's I don't know. It's just such an interesting difference in how all of their lives are led. Well, it's a, it's a generational difference. It's oh, a weird God, like. Yeah. Yeah, because like he's a what a greatest generation, and she's a millennial. Uh, there's man. such a yep. there's such a, a a gap between them, even if they were the same age, right? That it's weird. Like it's you know I, we were at um, the American Girl doll store today, and I always wish that there was a single AGCU, mm -hmm. like where it's like, you know. The character from 1930 babysits the character from 1940, etc. Because I think that'd be fun to see, sort of like whatever. But like, if you have like there was, they had a, a scene set up where like the girl from 1941 and 54 and 64 were all in a room together as girls, right? And even though they'd be the same age, they'd be coming from different, right, from different like time periods. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you know, and one of them was a was a black girl in 1964. So I mean, like, right. co different cultural cultures as well. But like, I mean, one of them was a Hawaiian girl in, right. in 1941. So I mean, like, whatever. But like, even if they were exactly the same, other than the t the year they came from, they'd be they'd have things they'd have to figure out and like translate into their own sort right. of right. experiences. And I think that's really weird. Um, real real fast question: When they jump into time like backwards rather are they coming from 2019 or 2020 what year are they coming from um hold on i was like who can tell you can james <laughs> um let's see I'm, so i look I'm, up I'm six point and let's go to uh it is what's the easiest way to probably go down 2019 okay so she is uh Depending on what day it is, she is um, either thirty, about to hit thirty-one, or she is thirty-one years old. So he's only five years older than her. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like it, the reason that he feels so much older is because it is kind of like, all right, Grandpa, we've pulled you from the right. time stream. I mean, like, it's a great Grandpa almost. You know, like this, the guy yeah, is old. Fine. You know what I mean? He's an okay Grandpa. He's an okay Grandpa. <laughs> he's a fine Grandpa. Yeah, um, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Grandpa actually sounds like it would be a, a punk rock band to me. Yeah. Because, like, you know how like, people do, like, okay, Google kind of thing? It's like, yeah. I feel like you would have a band called, like, okay, Grandpa. Yeah. yeah like, anyway. Uh, but yeah, so she's like 31. So she's they not could tour that with much Lucky younger. Grandma. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so she's not that, that much younger, but like there is yeah. a just enough of an age difference that between that and the literal year gapage, yeah, you know, between those generations, that their lives are so drastically different. But it's also interesting watching the two of them together. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, they haven't. It spent... reminds. Me... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'll just say the uh, one sentence. It's it's Gemma and Deke also. It's yes, almost exactly yes. the same as Gemma and Deke. Yes, I mean, I do agree with that. I mean, granted, we've we've seen them spend a little bit of time. I mean, not in this there's show. A hu- there's one huge difference between yes. Susa and Daisy yes, and Gemma and I Deke. Agree. But I agree with that. But I mean, also specifically, like <laughs> within the actual time, like. If you were watching the show regularly, right, right, Deke and Gemma would have spent more time together at this point. But like, right. also, like, even in the beginning, like the once the two of them sort of start interacting, there is that yeah. same sort of thing. Yeah. But I think like, you know, there is something fascinating because like he could have a reason to latch on to really anybody. And truth be right. told, there is a, a certain extent of me that is somewhat surprised that there wasn't a draw to Coulson. Yeah. Simply because Coulson would be the person that's probably the most familiar to him. Right. But at the same time, Coulson, I feel like, not necessarily like baby or coddling, but like I feel yeah. like Coulson would want to try and ease him in, in a way that I yeah. think that Sousa is just sort of like, listen, whatever, I'm just here, just show me. And like yeah. Daisy like is patient, but like in this regard, she doesn't have patience for this. Don't don't you, know you think Daisy reminds him of Peggy? Oh, well, uh, yes and no. I think that there is there are some similarities, but I also think that's kind of maybe what's also intriguing about her is that there's there's some stuff about Daisy that I think is just different enough that it kind of is like, wow, they don't have, like, you know, girls aren't like this where I come from. You know what I mean? The, the, the guy that she's uh, hung up on is a villain, so I don't have to compete with that. <laughs> yeah. No, but, like, you know, it's just, it's... I don't know. Like, again, I don't want to like get into too many things like ahead of time, but like, I just find it fascinating watching. He really kind of could have done anything in this moment. Yeah. But like the fact that like, you know, again, for whatever reason, he was like, I'll go with her. You know what I mean? Like, he just sort of is like, you know, she shouldn't go alone. Like she needs backup, which is a little bit of the white knight chivalry thing. But also genuinely when people go out in the field, they shouldn't go alone. They should have backup. And he's he's treating it as backup. He's not leading right. from right. Oh no, that, from, that's that's true. Like to yeah. be clear, I mean, that's why I'm like kind of leaning more on that. It's like, but it's also a little bit like he doesn't say this, but like when he says it out loud, there's a little bit of like a I need to get off this plane. Yeah. In there, there's also just a little bit of like the wow, the lady shouldn't go alone, you know. But mm. like I, I'd say there's three aspects to it. I would say that's at the furthest back of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But like he it, knows not to bring that one up. Exactly, <laughs> he's been it's, trained. Exactly, it's like you know he's learned from Peg not to say <laughs> yeah. it. He's like yeah. he's like she shouldn't. My fellow agent shouldn't go alone. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one, you know. My um, equal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but also, I think there's also a little bit of intrigue as well because of her powers, mm-hmm. right? Because he they talk about it very briefly, like I mentioned in the notes, right? But like he's kind of also poking a little bit to understand this situation. He Be- called them super serum powers. Right. Well, because in his experience, <laughs> that's, that's all that where, he knows. That's yeah. all that he knows. You know I mean, yeah. and so like, that's why it's interesting. Like he doesn't push her to give more answers. Right. 
But when she's like, it's not Super Soldier, right? And he's like, oh, uh, or Super Soldier, he's kind of like, well, then what? I forgot what how he asked it, but she's just, she says it's more complicated. And he's kind of like, hmm. So, like, I think it becomes a very interesting and apparent fact to him that he recognizes in that moment that not every power may be man-made. Right. And so it kind of also, kind of like the technology, opens his world in many different ways. Right. Um, but and, also, I mean, he's, he's a little sassy because he's like, you know, unsurprisingly, you are not forthcoming with your details. Yes, about, that, yes like, that, that is true. <laughs> um, but I think like when she does say just a little bit, like, it's, again, it's not a lot, but she gives yeah. him more than I think he was expecting. Right. And that does give him enough time to sort of pause, which is also why I think they kind of move past it. But also she's busy. She's setting stuff up. You know, right. he is a little bit in that moment that Howard Stark like. Pulling on the, you know, older yeah. Peggy's, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, she's trying to do something. And he's like, but wait, I have this question. I have a thing that I want to show you. And she's like, yes, I see that you drew a picture. It's very nice. Anyway, here's this thing yeah. I have to set up. You know, I think yeah, it's Meanwhile, there's firewalls happening where there shouldn't be firewalls. Exactly. Like that. Which, again, is fascinating because this time it's not Howard Stark. This is the right. Chronicoms. Right. And, like, I find this aspect of it fun, right? Like, yeah. what I think is cool is that with... Peggy Carter, or with Agent Carter, with that TV series, you can explain away things with uh, with uh, Stark. Yeah. Now we can start signing things away to multiple aspects. It could right. either be Chronicoms or it could be Deekshaw. And I think that that's uh-huh. a fun thing where you go, uh, is it dangerous? Probably the Chronicoms. Is it silly? It's Deke Shaw. But like, <laughs> I like that there's a spectrum for it. You know, you go, yeah. it's almost like a slider. You go, ooh, where, which side do we put this on? Um, right. But like the firewalls, definitely she's like, that should not exist now. Right. So it's like she's expecting a quick, you know, hack. She knows how to take them down. Right. But it's still she like, does. she's yeah. like, Ugh. it's just like, I was expecting in and out. This is going to be a couple minutes, you know? Um, right. Well, you're smoking computer. Um, my, my, I I don't want to keep necessarily like hitting on the same stuff because I do think there's other things to talk about, but I will say when she takes that picture on her phone, I love that that is straight up. They just said, go ahead, take a picture of him. Take a picture. Yeah. Like exactly. It's not like they went and try to do like what I, what I mean by this is that like they could have done a hyper professional pick, right. And then just uploaded it to the phone for when you turn and see it. But I love that it's like slightly grainy. It's like, it's one of the worst pictures of him probably that you could imagine because he is just kind of looking like a dork. Like he is holding a gun, but he's like, uh, his mouth (laughs) is just like open, like, you know, (laughs) and it's like, it's like not quite in motion, but there's a little bit of a blur of motion, you know? Yeah. Uh, And so like, but like, it still is probably crisper than anything he's ever seen. So he's like, and also not in black and white. So he's like, what, what, dude, that's crazy. That's me. That, that's, that's me. And I don't have to color in a part of it and go, you know, to solve a mystery. And she's like, what does that mean? Never mind. You know, like with a pencil or whatever. Uh, yeah, no, but like, I, I don't know. Yeah. There's some, there's a lot of charm, but there's also a lot of like, okay, get those, mo- get those emotions in check. Come on, Susan. Yeah. We got a yeah. game. We got a game going. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. You got something else? I think it's fun that they're continuing to use the uh, the random zooms like an action TV show that they've been using for this whole episode where it's like like mm. we have the, the detonator zoom in mm. on the detonator just slightly 
Like, I, I think that's very fun. It's um, very they... like cop procedural, mm-hmm. not procedural, but cop um action. What 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 are yeah. those? What are those? Are what are those like a, movies? Like a cop show, a procedural. Yeah, I yeah. guess it's procedural. Yeah, um, it's actually specifically we have will have talked about this in seventy three. Yeah. It's specifically based on a cop show called The Streets of San Francisco, oh, um, which had an episode called uh, uh, um, A Trout in the Milk, mm. so which is what this mean. episode is yeah. called, as 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 everyone except for you and me is very clear on because we talked about it in 73. Right. Which we're recording after we record. Right. Exactly. Time is weird. Time is weird, especially when I get my hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> James, do you want to make this as complicated as possible? I do. Yes. Um. Okay. So I have an Avengers Ensemble, which I'd, I'd love to get to. Okay, cool. Is that, is I also that a, have a segment. The t- yes, you um, do. But yeah, okay, you do. before we do that, just to be sure, is there any other scene that we feel like we want to discuss? Okay. Because like, we talked right, so a we, lot about them, but. We talked about uh, Deacon and and, and right. killing Malik. We talked about the Susan and, and Daisy. There's basically three scenes to talk about, if you would like a refresher. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's the Colson and May in the base. Right. We talked, I feel we, we covered that one. Uh, yeah. I've, yeah, that one's pretty easy. There is um, Mac, Gemma, and Enoch taking on Project Insight, which again, we've covered, but I mean, you know, again, they like had to reveal their right. location, stuff like that. Right, right. Uh, and then the final one would be uh, Gemma talking to Enoch. Right. Okay. So yes, there's there's a lot of hinting and, and, um, kind of uh dramatic irony no i guess it's the opposite of dramatic irony secret keeping sort Mm -hmm. of foreshadowing or illusion to enoch knowing what's going on but Gemma not really knowing what's going on um it's going to be a little bit before we kind of start to get some answers to this um if you're playing along at home uh we're thinking about uh four episodes of the television show from now is when we're going to start getting some answers about what's going on in that scene right I do like how Enoch is, even in 73, and especially now, he's being really petty and snippy about having been left behind. He is, left behind. <laughs> but, like, that's one of the fascinating things, right, is that, like, the amount of time that they were away from him. Yeah. Like, day-wise, not that long. But, yeah. of course, for him, right, it was a long time. But, like, I wonder But if then he- also for him, relative to how long he's lived, it's not a long time. Yes, uh, it's it's just it's such a boring chunk when I, when you're like okay finally I'm into the whole damn it you know yeah uh, and then you have to spend forty years you know like with just like one day of like you know forwarding phone calls yeah um that guy like, talking your ear off <laughs> yeah exactly the amount of time they've spent away from each other what I think is interesting to me is that I'm wondering if even though they're in this time stream situation where um. For her, time is moving technically by like day by day. I wonder if the further, like the 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 more amount of time that spans, the like mm. technically her mind feels that distance, especially when he's not around. Because like right. her whole thing is like you know the longer that I've spent without you, the more confused I've gotten, right. which is really only been like a day and a half, <laughs> or like right. two days or something like that. You I mean so it's like. It's right. not been that much time, but like it's been enough time for them to be like, what the, you know, she's, she is shaken up. Right. Um, and, yeah. you know, and again, like they are trying to cover it heavily when Sousa first comes in because he's looking for questions, answers. I mean, but like 
they really haven't been trying to solve this solution because she literally says to Enoch, one of the things I cut, you know, for time, one of the dialogue things is she's like, was I supposed to know that we were going to jump there? Right. Because like she, I think she remembers knowing when the first jump was going to happen. Right. But like this one hit them by surprise. So right. she's like, was I supposed to know this one? Or like, am I forgetting that I'm forgetting? Or am I forgetting that right. I remember? You know? And so like. It's that all the highlighted links of the. Exactly. The Alzheimer's is, research thing. Exactly. It's she has gone to the computer and all those links are purple. And she's like, oh, yeah. what? You know? Yeah. So there's, I mean, Gemma checks her tattoos and she's like. Huh, yeah. Memento style. What's this? Um, <laughs> there's a jump coming up. Oh, crap. I didn't see this one. Yeah. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt. Oh. Of course. <laughs> Wait, what's, the, what's it say in the mirror? You know, she's like turning around. Right, right. We um, see it. it. Oh, wait, I wrote that one. Yeah. I wrote that one forward. Uh, what's it say? It says, dude, what does this one say? Sweet. Yeah, sweet. What does this one say? Dude, what does this one say? Sweet. Anyway, um, topical. Dude, where's my car? Wow, right yeah. Oops. How uh, old were you when that came out? Seven? Probably. I was nine years old. Yeah, cool. So I don't Stop think I saw it when it first came out. I had to have seen it a couple of years later. I, 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 I haven't seen it still because uh, I had enough of the commercials. It's, it is genuinely a pretty funny movie. Yeah. But like, I don't think it probably That's ages well, but still. Shannon and William Scott and yeah. Ashton. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, Anyways. I don't know. I just, I think that's a good scene and I really did want to hit yeah. on it because like, I, yeah. I summarized it, but it's like, this is a key plot point yeah for sure is this it's conversation a bit larger arc plot point yeah for sure and so is the i think the frustration not just for not not for her because i'm not calling her a frustration or what she's feeling a frustration but like the frustration between other people with her because like she's usually so on point right. but then it's oracle like, is not coming up with the answers that you need her to come up with yeah and it's like what's going on like we're flying by the seat of yeah. our pants and it's like as much as they're like, okay, we're going to come up with a plan. We're going to do this. They're used to being kind of on top of things and they're really, they're falling behind. Well, it's, it's that thing where like in 31, I don't know if anyone will remember this, but in 31, she was like, all right, it's this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. We don't know this one thing. And they're like, okay, that's fine. But as they've gone through the years, we don't know these four things. And I know this one thing, like right. she's reaching the point where it's like, I we're moved too far beyond what I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, it, it becomes that thing where it's like, it's like with Samberly. Actually, that's really interesting when they were like, so is this going to work or not? And he's like, I don't know. Maybe. Right. Maybe not. I don't know. That's the best I can do. See, do, that, do, that's you a fascinating you. way to look at that. Right. Cause like for him, it was like a science thing, right. Of like, yeah. On paper. Sure. It should work. Yeah. But like I've I've literally what does he say? He goes like, uh, yeah. Do I know if for sure if, if the, the cannon yeah. I've never made has e and never fired is going to hit the thing I've never seen before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Maybe. You know. <laughs> yeah. But it's like I feel like this is almost the flip side of that, right? Where it's like she has all that knowledge, but like she right. can't connect the right. point. So then it's like, or also it's like it's like she knows that thing. Like she knows that she's never made the thing or that it's never been fired, but like she can't even remember that she knows that. Right. So and then, it's, but from the outside, it's like she's gone from a Peggy to a Samberly where it's like mm. we had confidence in you to be able to just sort of do whatever. 
And now it's like, are you just unreliable? Like, can we trust you to to know what's going on at all? The last thing I'll say about it, for me personally, yeah. if you have anything yeah. else to add, please feel free. Yeah. But I just want you to think. I mean, I, granted, I know it's so long ago, and I also know that everyone's like 1931, and they have like war flashbacks. But like, think about the scenes that she's in in 1931, and think mm-hmm. about when she goes to the bar yep. and starts pulling samples and starts putting things in vials and does like her thing, science. Yeah, yeah. Compare she the hell out of that. She really does. Compare those scenes to just a couple episodes later to this moment now. Yep. And you will see a drastically different scenario. Yeah. It really, I it really is. I wonder if there is someone on the writing staff had a family member with Alzheimer's or a dementia sort of situation because there really is like a degradation of. Like, it feels like you're jumping time. Right. It feels like you feel like you should know things that you don't know. Right. Or you don't know if you know. Like, it feels like there's a there's a an allegory or a, a representation here that is feels maybe personal for someone that was writing it. You know, I have I mean, I I totally agree with that because I do feel and understand that as someone who's a family member who's lived like that. I it does. There are moments where they're like talking with her and like trying to deal with it. That has felt like the way we were kind of like, yeah, come on, grandma. Like, you know this, you know, yeah. um, the grandson jumps in the way. That's a good point. Yeah. Cool. Well, shall I do a, an Avengers ensemble? Yeah, let's do an Avengers ensemble. Oh, actually, hold on. Before we do that. Yeah. We're going to talk about it a whole bunch in part two of July 4th, 1976. Uh-huh. It's chilling. To be traveling through time and then suddenly see your parents standing in the way of, yes, like suddenly being used in this way. I mean, I feel like it's probably chilling in general to, even if it's like today, right? If you yeah. went into a room and looked at like a bunch of security cams and then suddenly saw your parents standing yeah. just in a room, like clearly being held prisoner, I think you'd be like, yeah, goosebumps. Yeah, goosebumps. you'd be like, um, hi, what? You know what I mean? <laughs> so now let's do an Avengers Ensemble. Yes. Avengers Ensemble. Okay. Uh, so Agent Ford uh, is the guy that Stoner is talking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to see him more in a future episode, but we do see him here. Uh, it's played by a guy named Dewan Owens. Uh, there's not, He didn't really have anything else nerdy that I saw that, I want, that felt like right downable. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am going to include Mac's parents in this. Okay. And yeah, here's that why. That's fine. 1976 2, July 4th, 1976, part two, is going to be such, so much. <laughs> yeah. That the Avengers Ensemble, if I can reduce the Avengers Ensemble by two sure. people, I want to do it. So we do see them on the security cam. I did have to go into the next episode to make sure that this guy was, in fact, this guy because he looked different than I remembered. But, okay. John McKenzie is played by a guy named, Yeah, I'm going to say Sadate, but it looks like Sedate. And his last name is Threat, but with two T's at the end. Hmm. So maybe Triot? I can't imagine his name is Sedate Threat. Yeah. That's a metal-ass name, though. It is, like, and he's a junior too, sedate yeah. threat junior. Um, 
which sounds like a mission, like mission Saint to date Junior. Threat Junior. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he was in Velvet Buzzsaw, Velvet Buzzsaw, as so many people on in the MCU have been. That's um, interesting. Like, it almost makes me want to see the movie just to be like, is this like an MCU spin? This is like the next um, Bones and Mentalist. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, and he was in one episode of the 2016 Roots. Uh, the, okay, the, yeah, yeah, the reboot. Or the re- reboot of Roots. Re. Reroot. Uh, R parentheses E B and parentheses O O T S. It's weird to call that a reboot. Like, I mean, I know it's a reboot, but it's like, it I mean, feels it's like a, it's, it's just a readaptation. It's yeah. like another version because it's a, yeah. a readaptation of a book. So. Yeah. Um, but Roots was such a cultural phenomenon that it, it sort was. of feels like a reboot. Yeah. So, um, anything that LeVar Burton's in is a cultural phenomenon. I'm just going to say it. That's a good point. Um, Lilla McKenzie, uh, who almost has a really great name, uh, but one extra L. And she takes the L for her name. <laughs> James. Is played by a an actress who is currently on IMDb as Paulina Lule, L-U-L-E. But at the time, she was uh, acting as Paulina Bugumbe. Um, I have to imagine maybe she got married or there's a stage name change or something. Right. Um, she was in one episode of Reverie, which I don't recall what it was about, but it, I seem to recall it was very sort of sci-fi alternate VR yeah. universe sort of stuff. Uh, she was one in one episode of The Good Place, <laughs> and she was in one episode of Time Traveling Bong, which was a miniseries starring Alana Glazer. Um, <laughs> that came came out at a time when uh um shit Abby and Alana Glazer were on it's not two broke girls it's <sighs> I don't know I don't know the answer hold on it was broad city so it was um mm. basically in the heyday of broad city and I was watching every week and whatever and then Alana Glazer made this movie with another person from Broad City that was literally about you smoke the bong to travel in time. Yeah. It is, you know, it is what it says on the package. It was, I recall it being pretty funny. Um, and she was in it, one episode of it. Good. And then uh, finally, it's sort of an Avengers ensemble. It's sort of a trivia. It sort of skirts the line between both. Um, at the start, the, the final scene, the sort of, kicker scene with the with nathaniel on the phone mm-hmm. starts off really weird with this guy uh with a boom box and then it like shifts over to nathaniel in the phone booth yeah uh that dude with the boom box is the director's son eli that's cool so yeah stanley m brooks's son eli presumably eli m brooks um <laughs> there's no reason to think that his middle name is also m um <laughs> uh it's, it's yeah so it's, it's a weird show, shot huh? to put your kid in like We'll start on my kid and then go over to the actual main action. But um, you know what that also is, he though? was a full grown adult. It's so. also like, you know, they thought that he was going to have finished wrapping up. So he came into yeah. town to visit and then he's like, oh, shit. Um, I have to pick up my son from the airport. Well, we got to finish this episode. And they're like, all right, just bring him on and we'll just we'll throw him on the set. <laughs> Give him like, a boombox. Yeah. And he's like, he did. That. He just came with it. He's like, why do you have that? And he's like, what do you mean? I've always had this since, since <laughs> I was a kid. I was like, you have a boombox, as I always have. Yeah. And he's like, all right, fine, fuck it. He's yeah, like, you don't even exactly. need to go to wardrobe. You look exactly like it. Just, <laughs> you, just go walk you on. You look exactly right. Yeah. 
Okay, but that is my Avengers ensemble. Oh, wait, what was the director's name again? Uh, Stanley M. Brooks. Eli M. Brooks is like, hey, Stanley, you know your son, Eli M. Brooks? You know that look for a guy to walk past the, the <laughs> telephone booth? Well, check out this. And then and just, just point walks, to the camera. Yeah, and, just exactly. walks, and he's like, what are you? Fine, leave it. It's the only good take we got. <laughs> Cut the first part. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone's like, oh, it's kind of a nice little cameo. I'll put it in. Sees it on the cutting room floor. He's like, damn it. I told him he would never be in one of my productions. Not after last time. Uh, yeah. He Not after the incident. Son to yeah. a, uh, a Crosby and level. Yeah. Um, okay. Is that is that it for Avengers That's Ensemble? it. That's it for my Avengers Ensemble. Yep. Well, James, I would like to welcome you to the final, <gasps> final <gasps> edition of Who's Freddy? <laughs> Who's Freddy? All right, James, this is a short description. Okay. But I feel like of all the ones that I had, I feel like this is... I feel like this is the one that should be ended on. Okay. This actor and stand-up comedian was one upbeat Chico until his very early and rather shocking death at the age of 22. Mm. Freddie Prince. Mm-hmm. Senior, I guess. Senior, yeah. I just he feel like we did... Hated, we had to... He hated uh, being called Chico for yeah. being on Chico and the Man. Hated yeah. it. I felt bad about that, but I was like, it was the only thing that I felt I could really kind of... Yeah. You know, fit in there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, you know, we had like a really good time with the reveal of Freddie Prinze Jr. Yeah. The first time. Was that the first one? It wasn't the first one, but it was the one where I had just done, uh, I had literally did Fred Jones. Yeah. And then did him. And so it was like, because it was like kind of a fun little back to back to do since he's also been that. So I just felt like that was a cool one to end on. Um. Plus, what a uh, great yeah. series. I mean, like now, series, yeah. now we've wrapped it up because we forgot about how the Chronicoms messing with the game show. Um, we definitely didn't say that it was the last one last time in 1931, even though we definitely uh, did. Don't worry about that. We, well, I mean, that, what we in meant the original was the timeline, end of 1931 is what it was. Yeah. In the original timeline. He dies. He dies, and we said that in 1970. Right. He died in the original and timeline. And now it's the status quo. Exactly. I hope you all have enjoyed this this one. Uh, The final thing that I want to leave you on before I ask James if he wants to, um, uh, I don't know what we're going to say, to to flood the, to crash Project Insight. You Um, want me to flood my basement? No, stop. That's why I stopped. (laughs) Um, Put more Patrick Warburton on there. The the last thing I wanted to talk about before you, yeah, Tim, uh, before I ask James to destroy Project Insight. Uh, I just want to say that speaking of Who's Freddy. Yes. Available on the merch store. Yes. You can go to www.scavengersnetwork.com slash shop and you can see the Timeline Scavengers button. There's a big old button, Timeline Scavengers. Click on that. You'll find some shirts. You'll find a hat. You'll find a notebook and you'll find a Who's Freddy mug. And I, now that we've fully ended this series, I'm going to finally order that damn mug. I'm going to get the mug. Yes, James? I think that we should make a shot glass and sell them as a, as a, as a, a tan, in tandem. Who's That's Freddy a good point. Yeah. Shots. We could do that. Mug shots is very good. 
Oh my God. It would be cool to, here's the problem. The mugs are done drop shipping, mm. but it would be so cool to like, maybe when we do the live shows, maybe yeah. we'll order a bunch of them ahead of time because maybe what we'll do is, is each mug, like, like shot glass will be random. And so you'll never know which mug you'll get on your mug shot. I feel I like love that'll be that. fun. It's like um, a blind bag, but for live shows. Yeah. But I love this though because straight up, like I do want to point out the name of this item because I I feel very proud of it, right? Not only do I love the design, which I did again, you know, but also the name of the thing is called the Who's Freddy Mug of Mugs. And I yes. think that's amazing because it's just a mug that has a bunch of faces on it, uh, but they're, they're all silhouetted. And what I think is great is uh, James has guessed almost all of them. Um, when, when he first looked at it, he got almost all of them. Uh, and I don't remember which ones he doesn't have, <laughs> but, uh, I know of at least one that I'm looking at right now, but I, I just think that you should go check it out cause it's a good mug. And I'm so excited to finally be able to get the who's Freddy mug of mugs. And you should, you should, uh, grab one because you can find out what happens when you put hot liquid into the mug. Exactly. Nothing, <laughs> but I mean, they'll buy it, right? I mean, <laughs> and that's the mystery. There's nothing special. But it, <laughs> yeah. If you tell but them. I was just thinking like, you know, if it, if it revealed the faces when you put a hot liquid, that'd wouldn't be that cool. be really but cool? It doesn't, it doesn't do, that. do that. Maybe they'll buy them anyway. We don't I have that know. kind of money. I mean, like, exactly. do you know how expensive that would be? You, like, you think we, cool. we have face money? Also, no. actually, We have genuinely, silhouette money at best. That would also get us definitely into some copyright issues. Yeah. The fact that they're silhouetted and kind of warped a little bit kind of works to our benefit. Because a what couple of those they are were, copywritten characters. You put uh, hot water in it, and it and it reveals it as you and me, just dressing up to look as like, yeah. That's very funny. The, <laughs> it's like those like Photoshop things where it's like it's just my head, but it's been warped terribly to look like Fred Flintstone or something. Yeah, and, yeah. I was also thinking of Fred Flintstone. That's that's, that's the one that I saw specifically that I was like that would be very much a like lawsuit, but. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, James. Yeah. Shall we destroy Project Insight? Let's, you know, destroying Project Insight is what my English teacher in 12th grade said I did in every class. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to our show. I love time travel so Me much, too. and I'm just really excited to keep on going. My favorite things that, that, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, do with time travel on this season are coming up. So oh, yeah. get get ready. Get get absolutely jacked. Jazzed. And get absolutely jacked. Listen, I'm not going to tell you how to, how to uh, exercise your it's body. It's time. Start working out, everyone. Absolutely. Have you it's been time. to the fucking gym? You know that guy? Actually, I went to the gym today. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um... Oh, well, good job. Or I te- guess technically yesterday on Sunday, February 26th. I had bacon for two different meals uh, <laughs> today. Thank you for listening. As always, I'm James Anderson. I'm Colin Parker. <laughs> you think that you are excelsioring at the same pace as the Chronicoms? <laughs> what fools. They have you thinking that you're excelsioring with them, but they've been excelsioring 10 steps ahead of you this whole time. It's actually laughable that you think...
is Freddy. And back at you. Oh no! Now I'm dead too. Oh, no. <laughs> like when Steps you play, protect, you missed. Uh, yeah. Well, you I have a not. force field for bullets. <laughs> well, I have bullets that break through force fields. No, mom. You can't do that. <laughs> I'm telling mom. <laughs> new rule. New rule. All right, I'm gonna stop. Force lava. Bye. <laughs>